The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Yes, what's happening, everybody? Uh, it is 2 p.m., and you know what that means? It is time for your daily dose of Sell Better by JB Sales. This is being recorded, and we're putting all the housekeeping details in the chat, so make sure you check that out. Uh, I'm excited for this one. This is a good one. I'm going to go ahead and kick this off right here. You guys know that I put this out there early so that when we're done with this intro, we can look back and we can tailor the conversation as best as possible. Uh, but as you're coming in, I know that you've got to take a moment and get into learning mode. That's uh, You're probably coming off a call. You might be coming out of a meeting right now. Welcome back, everybody, to Sell Better by JB Sales, where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. It's really that simple. Uh, today, you are here to learn about tripling your productivity. Change your chat settings to everyone down at the bottom right and let us know in the chat where you are tuning in from. Shout out your city, your company, your country, wherever you are tuning in from today, let us know in the chat. Utah, what's happening? Bali, oh man, you're on my list. I got to come see you. Chicago in the house. Shout out to the Chicago style pizza, the real Chicago style pizza. I'm just going to leave it there and let people say what they want to say. Annapolis in the house, Florida, my home state, Seattle. I see you out in the West Coast. Uh, all right, so I'm your host, James. Say what, Sales Buckley. Welcome into the room. Uh, I want to introduce somebody that's incredible at this, right? This guy is a host with Pavilion. He is a business development leader. He is like a one-to-many SDR. This guy feeds the world with his SDR skills. And we're here to talk about 3Xing your prospecting, so no one better than Landon Meyer. Welcome back to the show, my man. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it, James. It's always a good time. Yeah, dude, we have a blast. Every time we get together, lots of tactics and you throw gems. Before we get started today, if you're looking to level up in 2023, scan this QR code on your screen. Sell Better now offering a membership with instant access to training and resources of all kinds. Sellbetter.xyz is the new website or just scan that QR code and get in there. I want to give a big thanks to our partnerships, Outreach, whoop, whoop, and Apollo. Big ups to Apollo. Welcome to the fam. Uh, outreach is fantastic. Been in our backyard for a long time. We're happy to welcome them under the fold. And they were kind enough to give us something amazing. I'm going to give you a webinar in the chat right now about creating and closing one pipeline in 2023. Andrew Arocha and Melton Littlepage are featured here. So I'm putting that link in the chat so you guys can go watch that. Let me give you a little bit about what you're going to get today. Systems that top reps use how to use your calendar effectively because that's the key productivity equals time management no doubt about it and we're going to talk about flexibility let's look at some of the, the the people in the room no doubt about it here we go oh i launched the second poll already okay well hey i appreciate y'all taking part in that <laughs> that's my bad that's not bad let me let me go back to this and launch the first one so y'all can t actually tell me what you are um, and right now, I want to start this off by saying, we'll go back to those results when we get there. That's my fault, y'all. Uh, protecting your time. That was the first thing that you talked about when we started connecting about this and saying, well, what are we going to say? You said we have to protect our time. And I think that gets a little difficult for a lot of sellers in the room. So tell me what protecting your time means to you. What do you do to protect your own? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, for me, I think it this is going to depend on uh, what your current dynamic is at your company. But for me, I support five AEs um, and our partnerships team. Uh, I also lead up events. So for me, my weeks look very different. I have a lot of people reaching out to me to, you know, build out a sequence or reach out to certain event leads or maybe start this new campaign for um, this happy hour that we're throwing. 
And for me, it's like very clear communication with my direct leader. Like the person that says, hey, Landon, you're doing a good job. We're going to give you a raise. Or like, hey, Landon, you know what? Like you, you didn't do very well this year. Uh, we need you to work on these aspects. So that person is going to get my complete prior, uh, prior and like understanding like what means like where I should spend my time. So every week we start off with like, hey, this is what I'm going to focus on this week. And then throughout our two one-on-ones, we do two one-on-ones, 15 minutes. We discuss those three things. Has anything changed on your end? Do you need me somewhere else? And that's how I decide what I'm going to be working on. Because really, if five AEs are reaching out to me every day, like, hey, any, can you reach out to these accounts or can you do this? I'm like, well, I'm sorry, but you don't pay my bills. Like, <laughs> this is my, this is where I'm supposed to be focusing on right now. And this is from, you know, RVP of marketing. Like, this is where I'm focusing on right now. And then I bring that up, feedback from him that I get from my AEs to them, be like, hey, just want to throw this out here. Like, you know, John wants me to work on this. He'd be like, hey, I, I totally understand why he wants you to work on that, but we need you to work on this. And so I think it's having clear expectations and being able to have a voice in the room saying like, hey, like, where do you want me to spend my time? You're overall the one that's going to get me promoted um, and get me to be successful at this company. So uh, we have very clear communication. And so I say no a lot. Yeah. So you say no to a lot of things. And I want to talk about the folks that are in the room. So let's take a look at that. SDRs, who I think get handed a lot of things and they have to really prioritize their time. I hear a lot about horror stories of SDRs working until 8, 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night because they just got handed all these things that weren't on their plate and they never got to the stuff that they were supposed to prioritize throughout the day. And you said that people should start splitting their time up between target accounts and non-target accounts. Talk to me about why this is impactful. Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, there's a lot of work that's being put into what makes a target account at your company, depending on the stage of your company, right? There's a, there's a lot of work on, um, you know, firmographics, technographics, whatever you have. And there's a reason why, right? Like those companies end up moving the needle and moving into a POC and end up becoming a customer at a higher rate, right? And yeah. so I think the difference maker is like, those are the ones that get the extra love, the white glove experience, I like to call it. And the ones that are like, hey, these might be a fit. I'm not too sure. I split them up into two different sequences. My, you know, my love sequence, which is going to be for my target accounts. And then, hey, this there might be something here. Let's automate it a little bit more and have it be like a little bit more uh, lower touch. Um, and that way I'm able to get uh, a certain amount of my hands around the market because I'm one SDR, right? And I sell into enterprises. So we have so many companies that we can possibly help. I want to make sure I don't miss that company that has a data quality initiative going on or an RFP. And so the only way to do that is to get my name out there around Anomalo um, as most efficiently and productive and thoughtful as possible. And so this is a great way for me to be able to see where I want to spend my time on which prospects. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm hearing what you're saying, and I want to come back to the juxtaposition between the two statements. If you're going to protect your time, when should an SDR or a full cycle rep that's an AE do things like the research for those accounts or uh, time block off for prospecting? Is there an ideal time for that? And then like, what's the follow-up process for these? Is there a afternoon follow-up that you find to be working? Don't give away the, the big cherry that you're going to give away later because I really want to talk about that from a systematic perspective. <laughs> yeah, ab absolutely. So I think um, for me, like nine to four o'clock, like those are times where you should be uh, spending, trying to have conversations with your prospects. Um, I think when I was a first in SDR, like I didn't really have any type of schedule. I kind of just approached the day and let it come at me, um, very reactive. And I learned over time working at a couple different companies that like I needed to own the kind of my day and, and how I was going to be able to do this and how could I scale this 
Um, so you'll see it later, but my calendar is very drilled down on where I should spend my time at that time, because the goal of the day is for me to be able to close my computer and feel confident that I did everything I could to get us closer to winning a new account. And so if you don't have a time block, you're kind of just like, you know, you're putting a lot into like, you know, um, like, uh, you're just, it's a lot of like, maybes <laughs> like really, if you don't have a plan. And like, how, what are you going to, how do you attack that? Like, how do you scale this out? How do you get into a groove? And I think as an SDR, the most important thing is to be able to get into a groove, but also be able to adapt to whatever's closest to the money. So I support inbound, right? So if I'm in an outbound calling block, like I normally have my Slack closed if I'm at any other company, but since I'm, you know, I run our inbound, I have to have my Slack open so I get alerted. So if I'm in a call block, have it on one screen, but I see someone just did that, I literally close my call block and everything goes into this inbound lead. It's closest to the money, right? And so I think you just have to identify what is your roles and responsibilities at the company? What what do you need to get done every day for you to be look like, hey, personally, I killed it today and and my boss would think the same thing. Yeah. And as you, you know, as you said, we're going to take a look at your calendar later. And I think y'all are really going to appreciate this. But one of the things I'm noticing is that you already sent me your calendar. I saw it, man, it's packed, right? There's all this stuff on it. Uh, what you're saying is you are able to drop something like what you're currently working on and focus on the priority, which is what's closest to money. And this involves an element of flexibility that you seem to have a great grasp on. Uh, let me get a one in the chat. If y'all struggle with being flexible with your time, does it rub you the wrong way when some shit gets thrown at you that you just did not plan for for your day? I can't stand this. How have you mastered this, my friend? Yeah, no, for sure. Like when I was, um, I think like the evolution of me as an SDR has changed, right? Like when I first started, it was kind of like, what? Like, oh, why is this happening to me? Like, don't you understand I'm working on this? Like, I can't do this. Like, I get really like wear my emotion on my sleeve and get really affected by it. Yeah. As time grew and I started learning like how startups work, like everyone, it's a seagull effect. Everyone has like, is getting shit on down, like, sorry for cussing, but like, it just don't take it personal, right? Like someone's reached out to you to ask something because they have this amount of pressure on them and they're looking at you as an outlet that might be able to help them. And so lean into it and ask what they're, what exactly they're asking. I always ask for people to clarify, what do you need from me right now? And if, it, if it's not something I can do right now, I'll say, I'll look at this later and I will go ahead and get back to you. And I just leave it at that, right? Because I've asked, you need this right now? What is it right now? Is this something I can do? Does this affect my day to day? Um, and so I think a lot of people appreciate that. We have a very culture first here. So like we do a lot of one-on-ones with random people from different departments. Like I think it's called Donut. At first I didn't like it. It was super annoying. I was like, I don't have time to do this. But from doing it for five months here, we're a team of 40 people, but I know everyone really well. And so when someone reaches out to me cross team or from same team or from sales, like it's not like, hey, like we haven't talked to each other. Like we know what we're working on and we know what we're driving towards. And so it's very clear that like most people don't ask me if they don't think that I should be working on this, but like AEs, like I get it. Like they're like, dude, like I need these accounts. And I'm like, I get it. It's part of the plan. Just, you know, trust the process. Yeah. Trusting the process is something frontline reps have a really difficult time doing, especially if they're blind across the organization. They can't see what's happening behind the scenes. Hidden information can sometimes leave us in the dark and we feel like we're failing as a result of it. It's happened to me on many occasions across every company I've worked for. Uh, what specific skills have you been improving on on your team internally these days? And I think one of the ones I really love for you to focus on is this concept of curation. As you said, 
that this is what really makes the time effective and it's going to lead well into this piece of technology that you're about to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, being productive is going after the right accounts in my ICP. Um, and so for for what I need to know, when I came in here, I listened to a bunch of gong calls. I I think I've went through every deal cycle that we won and I pulled out things that were considered like, you know, okay, these are must-haves, honestly. Like they need to have made a, a, a migration to a cloud data warehouse. Like they need to be on Databricks or Snowflake or, uh, you know, Google, like it makes sense. Okay, they need, most of the time they have a data catalog in place. So they're already looking at ways to use their data to make their uh, team be able to trust and, and be more confident in their data, right? So I build lists based off the tools that they use and I come up with my own story that, hey, and then I align it to other people that are in their same position that have made these changes, these big changes like a cloud migration. And they realized that like this was the pain that they couldn't do with a legacy data quality tool. I wasn't sure if you were facing that that kind of messaging. And they're like, and then it, it makes them sit like, yeah, we actually can't do that. And I was like, I know you can't do that. That's why I worded it like that. <laughs> so you go and you find these people that have made this technological shift because what you do is complementary to that shift and the challenges they might be facing while they're in progress of making it, right? Absolutely, yeah. And you create messaging that, uh, that literally coincides with that technological shift, hence the name, a curated list. This is a list of people going through a specific critical event that you attach value to. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I, I don't want to sit there and, and personally write every email. I want to be relevant. I want to be relevant in what's going on in your company. And you guys are making these big shifts. You, you might not see that what's coming around the corner, but let me just fill you in on what I've heard from your peers. And then I kind of, you know, get them interested, you know, illuminate an issue or a problem that might be coming up, or maybe they're already experiencing. Not bad at all. I like the fact that they all kind of have this similar vein. So as a seller, I don't have to switch mindsets throughout my prospecting time. Uh, you have a routine I want to give, and then we're going to talk about some tech that you've been using that I really want you to talk about openly. Um, this routine that you have keeps the pipeline moving. And when it comes to productivity, new logos constantly being put into the top of the funnel where people in the middle of the funnel are getting the follow-ups and the pushes to move forward and get a deal advanced is happening at the same time. What's this process you've nailed down that helps keep the wheels rolling forward, so to speak? Absolutely. Before I log off every day, I add 25 new prospects per AE so that I have five AEs. Um, so you, you can do the math. And um, I have these lists already built and I, I, I add them. But also what I do on top of that is before um, I, like I go to my data provider, whatever you guys use, whether it's Apollo or something else. And, um, I build out a list for people that have mobile phone numbers and they're at these accounts and they're in the, the right personas. And I pull them all over, um, to a call only task. Right. And so what my idea and like how, how, like my thought on SDRing is that you shouldn't only be reaching out to people that are in your sequence, your main sequences, mm. right? You should have, uh, you should have different call sequences that are just call sequences and that you can always open up your dialer and be like, I want to go call 15 data governance folks, or I want to go call 50 data engineers. I have a moment of time. It's my call block time. I don't want to just start like putting together things and dialing one by one. Like I am very thoughtful on how I reach out to folks. And that's because I bring all the folks over into my system. I don't necessarily need to reach out to them right then, but I want them in that system of record, which is for me outreach. And I want to be able to say, hey, click, 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 
put these into this sequence, boom, 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 go over to my dialer, open up Nooks, press start, parallel dial, two dials at a nunce, go through that, 30 minutes done, had six conversations, set two meetings. On to the next calendar block. If you're setting two meetings in 30 minutes every day, y'all, you are not worried. You are crushing the game. That is amazing right there. So start putting people in a call-only sequence. We will definitely talk more about that process in detail as we move forward. You've been using a lot of tools lately. So I want to talk about some tools that you've been using. And I'm going to share this tool with everybody so they can see what the screen looks like. Go ahead and break this down for everybody. What's this tool called? What does it do for you? Yeah, so this um, so this is a free tool that I use and it basically uh, scrubs LinkedIn job descriptions for different technologies that you want to use. And so how I use it is I like, say we have American Express here right now. Um, I want to look at the different individual technologies that they have. So I would type in next to it, the individual technology, I'd type in Databricks. And then it would pull up um, the teams that use Databricks in their job postings. And then it will actually allow for you to click on, it has a LinkedIn plugin and it brings you to the curated list of the people on that team. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to be very efficient and build messaging based off teams inside of large enterprises. Because just because you're a machine learning team doesn't necessarily mean that you are the one building the predictive models uh, and the you know machine learning predictions and data quality is huge for you. Like that doesn't mean that. I wanna read the job descriptions under the priorities and responsibilities, understand if there's any correlations I can make um, and then I can tie together that you're using Databricks. You know, we have a strong integration with Data, uh, Databricks Unity Catalog. And so I'm already driving parallels that is like, hey, I'm not a rando. Like I've done my work here. Like this is the problem that you might be experiencing or you might be experiencing in the future. I'd love to show you how we might be helping other companies uh, be able to uh, solve for this. And this product is called Streamlit, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. So Streamlit, uh, we'll try to get a link in the chat for you. If we could get that in there, that would be great because you guys can click on and go check it out. Uh, fantastic. You've got a couple other pieces of the puzzle. And before we show this other tool that you've been using, I want to get a consensus in the group here. Um, yes, no, I'm on the fence. That's what I want to see. What do you guys think about LinkedIn messaging automation? What do you think about LinkedIn messaging automation? These are messaging things that come out your way. I want, yes, they work for me. I want no I want, you know, you're kind of on the fence, like where are you at in the middle? I'm, I'm in the middle and I'll tell you why here in a second. Uh, but you have a really specific reason that you believe in automation, uh, Landon. Tell me, tell me why two things. One, why do you believe so, so heavily in this? Is it just your experience? And then the other thing is, why do you think people poo poo on this so frequently? Yeah, honestly, um, before I'd probably say before January of this year, I was not a fan of uh, LinkedIn automation. I used to get a bunch of hit ups from these companies like connected and things like that. And I was like, dude, like I ain't trying to get my I'm not trying to get kicked off of LinkedIn. And like, I don't want to be the automation person that's sending all these things. And and I think um, what changed was I just had I had to figure out a way to get the name of my company. I'm a series A, right? We're not on Gartner. Like we don't play in that game yet. Like, right. Uh, it's very expensive. <laughs> Uh, so I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to be able to automate my LinkedIn touches that are going to be super relevant, right? So the same list that I build off of in SalesNav, I use Dripify and it, I set my filters very low. I just send eight messages a day and it just automates it. You, it is if this, then that kind of stuff. And you can put in the message in there. And so before they go into their main sequence, 
I kick them off into Dripify. And that way, when I call them, and if I want to use an opener saying, hey, this is Landon from Anomalo, I'm not sure if that name rings a bell. And they're like, they, it does ring a bell, right? They've already accepted my LinkedIn connect. I've already shown them the integration with Alation. So I'm much more likely to be able to have a conversation right there compared to me being like, oh, hey, this is Landon from Nomlo. <laughs> I know I'm catching you out of the blue here. Do you mind if I take a brief moment and tell you I was giving you a call? Like they're like, what's Anomalo? Um, So I'm trying to get um, them to have familiarity with my company. And so this is a this is a this one of the messages that I kind of, tested out i tested out four different messages over you know 500 people and this was the one that had the best results and so this person actually responded and i ended up setting a meeting and they're actually in poc with our competitor we would have never been involved in that and so that's why i do is because i'm not going to add a linkedin uh, task to my sequence because you end up having 75 linkedin tasks and i don't know about you but i'm skipping those every time like i don't have time to run through those every month so those are two tools that we've given you guys to go check out. The first one was Streamlit for your curated list. And the second one was Dripify. Now, uh, I'm going to bring this messaging back up because I, I'd like to point something out that I think was real, relatively good. Now, we always say you should only have one question per message. But if you have context and you're already connected to somebody, you might have earned the right to ask a couple of questions. And there's a sandwich effect happening in Landon's message here that I like. It opens with the top bun of the impact question. Then there's the value proposition and the relevance. And then there's the interest question, which we find to be very successful on LinkedIn specifically. When you wrote this, were you using that that as, you know, intentionally, or was that just a happy coincidence that it kind of worked out that way? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a LinkedIn. So you only get 300 characters or 350. I'm not too sure what it is. So I put my my main message in there and it cut off half of it. I was like, oh, it's too long. Um, so I reverse engineer it, right? Like, so I want to understand like, how can I be quick and snappy um, to get them to be able to um, not only see this come through, but like read it all the way through, right? And so um, that's kind of like how I think about it, right? Like, I don't know, it's just like, I try to, why would I respond? Well, what about this would make me want to respond? If I'm saying, um, you know, if I'm already using Salesforce and someone reaches out from Apollo, like what messaging are they going to say that's going to get me to want to do that? And so you have to be able to drive the correlation and and parallel that together for them. So they're like, oh yeah. I think in this case though, that person was in a, a POC with our competitors and they didn't have the pre-built integration that we had. So it was actually very relevant. Nice. It's nice when those pieces come together. You try to hit a relevant note and they come back like, oh, I just talked about this in a meeting this morning. And you're like, oh, shit, that's amazing. Right? right? No, yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to talk. I want to pivot and talk a little bit about tools one more time because you gave an outreach change that you made and it changed your open rates from 35% to 60%. Tell me what that change was. Tell our audience what they can change in outreach, in the settings right now to get that boost. Yeah, so you might need admin. Uh, so you might have to talk to RevOps. I don't know. It depends on how your company's built and how you guys do things. But um, I just noticed that uh, from my time being an SDR, everyone sends their emails out usually at the same time. Like the if you go through Monday and Friday, it's like start emails at nine and end them at five. And so I was trying to figure out a way to get my emails open, increase my open rate. And so I just changed that filter to four to five p.m. And so all my emails send from four to five. And it just increased my open rate because there was less people sending emails at that time. And honestly, it was just that simple. Uh, and so I play with it a lot. Uh, you know, I open up the the range a little bit more. Some days I try different so I can A-B test on replies on those days to see if that helps. 
And for EMEA prospects, you know, I have to send my emails at 11 p.m. my time or 1130 because I want them to open it when they wake up before they start their day. A lot of EMEA prospects go into office, right? So it doesn't really, they're traveling, they're on, they're on their, uh, I don't know what they call their, their train over there, but a lot of them take that to work. So more likely to be on their phone at that time. It's a, it's an easy change. And I think you can go in and do this easily inside of outreach. If you have to go to your RevOps people, go ahead and do it. You're not hurting anything by changing the time your email goes out, but you are going to help your open rates if it works the same way that it did for landed. So uh, it looks like a lot of folks believe that SDRs should absolutely attend the first meeting. Yes, five to four to five p.m. is what we meant. Uh, when you showed me your calendar here, I thought to myself immediately, "How would any SDR show up?" to the first meeting. Break this calendar down and talk about that flexibility piece one more time before we wrap things up with Q&A. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I first started at SGR, I was at Ricardo and and so I showed up to every meeting because I wanted to be an AE, right? Like, so I wanted to understand that. And so I thought like that made sense to me. Over time, I realized that everything that was happening on the call, I could just listen to on Gong later, you know? And so instead of me going and showing up to a meeting and sitting on there and, and introducing and, and kind of being silent the whole time and really understanding, like, I decided that, hey, I want to take that time because I was setting, you know, three to four meetings a, a week. And so that's two hours almost. And so I just asked my AU, hey, do you want me to join these meetings or would you rather me just uh, send an intro email, intro email before the meetings and go book more meetings within? What do you think they said? Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'd like you to say that. And so I, I started doing that over time. And and now that I have Gong at every company I've ever worked at, like, it, it's a no brainer. I just I go listen to the meeting at 1.5 and whatever I want to pull out of it. Um, I can. And so I do that during my break or catch up time or at night after I put my kids to sleep instead of watching Netflix. Like I I'm listening to that because I'm in my first five months. Right. So like the work I do today is going to make the promotions and the more money that comes down next year at this time allow for me to ask for that because I, I hustled my ass off in the beginning stages of my career here. Um, and we were able to, you know, accomplish all of our goals and, and things. And, you know, I'll, I'll bite the bullet right now to be able to, you know, be able to get a bigger house later. Mm. Mm, yo, that's bite the bullet now so you can get a bigger house later. That's real. This question comes from Tracy Landon. How do I manage my time around research to make sure that I don't over research and spend more time prospecting than I do cold, cold calling, et cetera? Yeah. Um, where did that question go? It's right up there at the top. Most upvoted question with two votes. It says, I'm, how do I manage my time around research so that I don't over research? And I spend more of my time prospecting, cold calling, and so on. Yeah, absolutely. So I think for me, like, um, I don't spend much time researching because my research is done at scale by the the tools that they use, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, you have to have, you have to identify your ICP, right? So if I know that we do really well in financial services at large enterprise companies, um, then I'm going to build a filter on financial services companies. And then if I know they use Databricks or what their tools are, I'm going to build messaging on the problems they might be experiencing um, by not having a modern uh, data quality tool that kind of bridges the gap between their data producers and their data consumers. And that messaging resonates a lot right now because a lot of people are still stuck on these legacy data quality tools, vendors like Informatica. I love it. Tracy, I think what he's saying there is prospect around the critical events and you'll have a baked in context every time. That's that curation part. Uh, and I think that's a great way to streamline and up that productivity. Uh, how do you prioritize and differentiate between target accounts? Uh, which one, which is a target account always a priority or priority accounts kind of creep in there? Like, what does that look like? 
this one comes from yeah i mean yeah for me right now like um i pick uh priority accounts are accounts that use the tools that we integrate well with and that we're sticky with right so um and that are you know match our you know the industry that we do well with right like if you if you don't care about your data and you're not building you're not basing your data to build off products or to make decisions then like a data quality tool might not interest you right but if you're in insurance and you have regulators that check your data to make sure you're adhering to these regulations uh an anomaly that slips through the cracks is obviously a lot more critical to your team yeah definitely tell people how they can connect with you where can they go to find you landon yeah you can uh, connect with me on, on linkedin um, I also have a, uh, a prospecting club. It's a Slack group with, uh, 250 SDRs where we just share tricks and, and tips that work for them. And, and we do, we get on nooks and make cold calls together and just want to make sure no SDRs are out there like suffering in silence. Cause I really struggled with that when I first started, I, I didn't know how to ask for help. I kind of just took the burden all of myself. And once I changed that, my life got a lot better. That's great advice. And I want to remind everybody there that you don't have to do this alone. And it is quite the journey. Uh, you're starting out as an SDR, you're starting out as an AE, but you're eventually going to become a well-rounded sales professional and a leader that does so many different things. And that's why we've opened up the membership the way that we have. I want to thank everybody for coming out. Landon, thank you so much for spending time with our audience and delivering all your wisdom and your nuggets. Uh, please reach out to us if you're having a hard time finding any of the resources that we've talked about today. We're happy to send those to you. Landon has never met a stranger. I assure you that he is very responsive and helpful to SDRs that are coming his way. Connect with us on social, sellbetter.xyz on the gram where we drop daily content to help you sell better every day. Our YouTube channel is lit and you can follow us on TikTok. Connect with me directly at say what sales, all one word. We will see you guys tomorrow with another stellar guest to help you sell better. Have a great day, everybody. Go get them. <laughs>